G'day and welcome to Partake. Today I want to talk about the Christian disciple and the church. Matthew chapter 16 verse 16 to 18 states, Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. The biblical word church comes from the word ecclesia, or assembly, and means a group of people called out to God. It refers to people and not property. Firstly, there's the universal church, or the universal church, which is all believers, whether living or with the Lord. This is the body of Christ. Ephesians 1, 23 Then there is the local church, or the visible church, which is the body of Christ in action in the world. And then there's Christ's church. I will build my church, as we read. Christ is building his church. Christ is the head of the church. We are the body. He is the head to whom we submit. Ephesians 1, 23 But what is the church? In the New Testament, the word church has two distinct yet inseparable aspects, as we have seen. The first context is in the universal sense, when talking about the entire body of Christ. Colossians 1, 18 This universal church consists of all believers from the day of Pentecost until Jesus returns. The second context is used within the confines of the local congregation, such as the Thessalonian church, 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 1. Within the New Testament, the word church has this tension between the universal or invisible and the local or visible attached to it. Whereas the visible church comprises local communities of believers, the invisible church is the entire fellowship of elected saints. Only God knows the invisible church's inhabitants, but the visible church can be seen through local faith communities. The phrase, one holy Catholic and apostolic, probably remains the best means of identifying whether a church is truly part of the historical or universal church or not. The church at its inception was a practice of shared faith, epitomised by these four dynamic marks. If any church does not bear all of these four hallmarks, then it cannot be a true church of Jesus Christ, due to their unquestioned universal acceptance throughout history and time and through the different strands of historical Christianity. And although definitions may vary, these four hallmarks traverse the broad spectrum of Christendom in the Orthodox, Roman Catholic and Protestant streams. And then there's the Church and Jesus. The Church is the body of Christ and is a living organism and not merely an organisation. Ephesians 1, 23 Ephesians 4, verse 15, 16 All Christian disciples are baptised into one body. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13 And this body is made up of many parts, or believers, 
or Christian disciples. Each part or believer has a vital and necessary important function. Ephesians 4 verse 15 and 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. And the church is also the bride of Christ, which suggests the purity, holiness and faithfulness of God's people. Furthermore, it suggests the great love that Jesus Christ has for his church, the bride. Ephesians 5, 25 to 32, 2 Corinthians 11 verse 2, Revelation 19 verse 7 and Revelation 22 verse 17. And then the church is also the temple of Christ. Christ is building a spiritual temple with himself as the cornerstone or the foundation. As Christian disciples we are living stones and God dwells within the temple filling it with all his fullness. Ephesians 2.22 1 Peter 2 verse 5 And what is the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church is to glorify God. Ephesians 3 verse 10 and 21 It is to build up people, God's people to spiritual maturity. Ephesians 4 12 13 It is to equip God's people for service. Ephesians 4 11 13 It is also to evangelize. Matthew 28 verse 10 and it is also to promote the welfare of all people Christian disciples or not and in spiritual and physical needs Galatians 6 verse 10 and that is why Christian disciples are encouraged to attend the local church then there's types of church government and the church was intended to be governed and elders or bishops as we call them today and deacons were appointed by the apostles in the New Testament churches to govern the church, to govern, discipline and teach believers. Hebrews 13.17, 1 Timothy 5.17 And there are three main types of church government systems operating today, all of which lay claim to having some biblical precedence. Firstly, there is the Episcopalian type, or which is mainly used by the Anglicans and the Roman Catholics. This is a hierarchical system of church government consisting of archbishops, bishops and priests which governs the denomination as a whole and the reasons for this are claims that the bishops take the place of the apostles that it follows the order of the early Roman government and follows the natural human tendency for organisation and then we had the Presbyterian method of government this is where the local church is governed by a group of elders and elected representatives of local churches govern the denomination as a whole. And then thirdly we have the congregational style which as we would know is in the Baptist or the Brethren and this stresses the autonomy and independence of the local church. Each local church is answerable only to Christ as its head. Elders and deacons are elected or appointed by the local church and promotes the priesthood of all believers. There may be support bodies in, in order to liaise between the similar churches, for example the Baptist Union or the Southern Baptist Convention. And then we have the marks of the church. Jesus when praying in John 17 verse 17 to 21 stipulates these four hallmarks of his church. The church is one, John 17 verse 21. 
the church is holy John 17 verse 17 and 19 the church is Catholic or universal John 17 verse 21 and the church is apostolic John 17 verse 18 these hallmarks are the spirit's functioning of Jesus' continuing works for the kingdom to come and they are the true church's indisputable marks the term one holy catholic and apostolic church is a verbal confession denoting the four visible dimensions of the invisible church and being a community springing forth from its first century founding and this is what was meant when the Nicene Creed was first agreed furthermore it evolves from generation to generation but without losing the core beliefs held in the Nicene Creed Catholic here in case anyone requires clarification means universal and not the denomination and then lastly we have the functions of the church and while these four hallmarks are statements of faith they also must lead to declarations of function because the church must be actively visible and these four derived functions of the church are fellowship, worship, mission and Bible interaction they are mutually interdependent and as Jürgen Moltmann in his book The Church and the Power of the Spirit states they are the invisible churches visible manifestations these four hallmarks of the church one holy catholic and apostolic are what I hope to discuss in the next four discussions for more to think about please do read John 17 verse 15 to 26 ask yourself the following questions writing them down if you can and see how you respond or react to them then why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend so that you can pray over any issues together question one how much do I as a Christian disciple love the church and reflect its complete unity question two how is the love of God the Father visible in me as a Christian disciple and question three why am I as a Christian disciple sent as ever if you have any comments to make on this please do contact me at partake at hotmail.co.uk thank you